Hello. Happy New Year. Will you ever say hello first? No. No. <sighs> this is our first recording of <laughs> 22 people. And Lindsay, and Lindsay won't leave her closet. <laughs> okay, this is where I'm at in my life. I'm hiding from my two children who are doing virtual school in my home. I'm hiding in my closet. I'm sitting on the floor so you don't see my clothes. And I may not be able to get up, but if I can't make it out of here, that means I don't have to go back to virtual school downstairs. Winning. <laughs> Do you just, are we done? Should we just call it a day? <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> You're crying. <laughs> I am crying. <laughs> hey, glass half full? What a great closet. Half full of what? <laughs> We're back to wine. They say you should blow on your coffee in uh, meetings, Zoom meetings, every now and then so people don't know it's whiskey. Great so tip. So Ooh, that's going on Instagram. Yeah, dry January is over. <laughs> was that ever really? That was, people made it sound like it was accomplishment. It was like, dude, it's that's totally giving detox. up. It's giving <laughs> up to me. <laughs> Quitters. Yeah, my birthday is January 10th, so we just cruise. We cannot Can we dry talk out. about that? Can we talk about that? I'm 40, y'all. <laughs> 40. I've definitely made it sitting in my closet alone in leggings. I've made it. <laughs> this is going to be a good one. So, yes, this is officially our first 2022 recording. You feeling um, fresh? You fresh? That's personal. But anyways, yes. Yes. We took a break. We actually took a break. Did hey? you though? Did you really, Lindsay? Actually, I you did. did. I did. You were hungover one day. Oh. <laughs> you know what turning You're... 40 means? Ordering Gravol on Uber Eats. <sighs> you have made it. There it is, people. Yeah. I remember you being one of the, I think you were the first person to explain to me what uber brought forth like like i said something like oh apparently they have different levels and you were talking about how you can order like a, a hummer and you know you can oh, have yeah. champagne in the car or some whatever and i'm like when would you do that you're like like every saturday night like going to and work was, on a tuesday yeah and i was just like what wow <laughs> fast forward to today and Lindsay's bragging about ordering I don't know if you were bragging. I think you were. I don't think it's you bragging, were. per se. Ordering gravel on Uber Eats. So if we've <laughs> known each other for something around 15 years. No, no. Like 12, 13. Uh, yeah. So yeah. you've all seen a 12-year span of peak to bottom. Peak Champagne to in the car, ordering Uber Eats on gravel, sitting in your closet on the floor, trying to record a podcast, wanting to never yeah. be able to get out of here. All right, 2022, I'm great. Rested, super excited about Two Marketeers. That makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to keep us going. Woo! <laughs> You're our hype girl. Here you go. We're playing yeah. hooky tomorrow. The girls are going skiing. It's going to be great. Wait Who a needs minute. it? You're Who You're gonna needs it? You're going to compromise their education by skipping virtual school. <laughs> Is that a correct <laughs> sentence? Compromise their learning by skipping virtual school. Hmm. Exactly. The absurdity of it all. 
Well, have fun. I'm very much looking forward to skiing. I'm not playing hooky tomorrow. I can't. No. Yeah, only are we going to do a real topic? What yeah. are we doing? Here's Lindsay, always moving the party forward. What are we doing? So I think this time last year was when we were talking about, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we, we, we the thing we loved the most was almost like a rant about any data you're getting, ignore it because it's not oh, real. Yeah. They're like the um, five key insights to move forward with next year. We're like, you don't know shit. Nobody knows anything. We are in the but it middle. It wasn't of- us. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. It wasn't us. We were able to stand on the shoulders of the ranters who were brilliant, and kind of went like, "Yeah." And I think it because it hit us because we were trying to find stuff for clients and for this. And we're like, "What are we supposed to say?" Mm-hmm. Anyways, fast forward. When will we be in months. the new normal? No, <laughs> never. Like, I th- I thought we weren't talking that saying that word in the new year because that gets you started. It gets yeah, you fired. Um, okay, so I got an email from a former co- colleague and good friend. I'll call him out, Tim Dolan. Um, and he is a consultant and he does amazing little newsletters. I shouldn't say little, but they are. It's, it's a little company that does big things. Um, and he compiled this list of, it was great. It was almost like the cheat sheet of here's the stuff you probably should know about. And it was one of the key pieces. It was top of the list, which is typically about as far as I go down. Oh, number one was uh, Deloitte, Deloitte uh, Insights, a division of Deloitte did this uh, 2022 global marketing trends report um Mm. launched in october i'm doing you know the due diligence was october uh 2021 um and it really caught my eye i was like okay i looked at it but what it really caught my eye was the subhead of the report was thriving through customer centricity and I don't know about you, Lindsay, but almost all the work I'm doing for clients right now comes down to customer centricity. Yeah. And it's that sort of double-edged sword where you're like, well, duh. Especially someone for me coming from user experience and someone like you coming from, you know, so much journey mapping and user experience and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of like, yeah, okay. If Deloitte's saying it though, from a data standpoint, this will be interesting. And as I was saying before, double-edged sword being obviously but on the other hand there's also that acknowledgement of i think business is actually really starting to get it um well i feel like we've been saying that for a while like the customer has to be at the heart of everything that you do but i feel like people are actually going to start doing something about that this year well i think the different you're totally right and i think the difference is it used to be a concept Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It used to be a sort of like a, a movement towards this is where the world is going. This is what mm-hmm. will have to happen. And now it's like people being like, oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, so it was that. conceptual. You were the crazy person on the yeah. mountain going like there will be it. And now it's yeah. kind of like, yeah, so that's happening. So what are you doing about it? Right. And I think it's kind of like QR codes do the exact same thing they did 12 years ago. The fact is that it actually fulfills a very specific need that everyone has. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And it's been adapted. It's finally the perfect solution to solve a problem versus a really cool idea of what the world could be in a consumer driven world. Right. That's, that was what I always would have to say in my pitch yeah. meetings. Lots of great stuff. I actually, the reason I, I, I downloaded it, is that even a thing people do anymore? Yeah, I did. I downloaded it. Um, I also downloaded it. 
You're not alone. <laughs> Such a, I DL'd it. How but that? I thought you would have printed it. Did you print it? I did. You did? I did. I knew it. <laughs> I knew you printed it. Do you have your favorite sheets with like a little tab on them? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> I just want to be that newscaster, you know, like, and in sports story, today. story, Jim. In, why do I always refer to sports? It is a really Go cool Raptors. report. It could be actually worth uh, printing. It could be worth printing. I mean, well, the, trees, no, because... the trees would not agree, but it could be worth printing. Don't you kind of want to work for Deloitte Insights? That's, who are the gangsters that put these cool reports right? together? No, that's are we the only thing. people who say that? The gangsters who put these cool reports together? Well, I think that's... We're kind of like... I just finished reading a book about a guy who was all alone in outer space. It's kind of us. We're in that outer space looking for other gangsters, right? We're kind of yeah. like, does anybody no else find this sexy? Is no this one ever sexy? floats by and our oxygen tanks are running out. Is it Sandra Bullock? Is it Tom Hanks? <laughs> okay, this won't this won't go. This won't be in the uh, audio part of the podcast. Okay, what attracted me to this article? Because there are actually different parts I was using for a current B two B client, Lindsay. That Lindsay now finds sexy. If you like B two B sexy. What's kind of funny is as Lindsay and I were talking about it, the piece that actually, as we dug in, was actually something that I honestly probably wouldn't have re-looked at. But upon further inspection, it's called uh, one of the key trends, uh, they call them macro trends, right? So mm -hmm. short, it's happening everywhere um, from a global standpoint. Because remember, this is a global study. What I love about it is it is a, correct me if I'm wrong, but it is a Canadian written document. The survey was global, but mm. the way that in which they've applied the insights is localized. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So there's just over a thousand uh, executives, executive level, highly CMO, creative, uh, creative, <laughs> chief marketing That's not officer. not with the C. The C has never stood for that. <laughs> but also 12, approximately 12,000 consumer consumers were surveyed depending on right. what the trends that we're looking Section. at so it's a pretty involved study and it's deloitte so they you know those gangsters they're called gangsters because they do it right um but it was this one piece that was called building the intelligent creative engine um but ever since you pointed out that sentence to me it's been like so stuck when you think about that sentence in depth building the intelligent creative engine intelligent creative engine is not something that you've heard a lot of people ever say because it's like a creative engine. Strategies like the intelligence piece that might fit in at some point, but intelligent creative engine is like a completely different concept if you actually think about it. Well, they're kind of like three words that have so many subtexts, that have so many meanings. Mm -hmm. And when you mix them up, there's about a bajillion, I say a bajillion potential narratives behind it. And most right. of them I didn't like. I was like, okay, well, an engine makes it sound like um, it's You're artificial. turning stuff out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, intelligent kind of intelligent creative makes you feel like, again, this is all personally, it's like, well, when was creative not intelligent? I'm exactly. sorry. Exactly. I knew you were going to be slightly. <laughs> I knew you are going to be like. <clears throat> I think Lindsay and I, without knowing it, is this trend exemplified? Yeah. What would you say, Lindsay? I would agree. When I okay. see intelligent creative engine with any agency I've ever worked for, 
I feel like all I've been ever trying to do is push the intelligence of the creative, not only to make it creative, but to make it smarter, creative so that it works better. It's only it's and it's been such an uphill battle that and I think it's even in a I think it's even the concept being stuck on the vernacular of what intelligence may mean to certain people. And from your standpoint, it means data. It is about understanding as much as you can and being informed. So what you're saying is informed creative is the best creative to have. Mm -hmm. Right. For a long time, I think people only thought it had to be creative. If you're going to say that, I'll get right into it. Go for Um, it, my man. The way they describe it is how unconventional talent strategies connect marketing to the customer. And I was like, okay, talent strategies. There was a time that wasn't a thing and talent management and talent recruitment and all that stuff. There's a way of doing it. There's a way of doing mm-hmm. business. It's a, it's an operational thing. There are companies that make bajillions of dollars, once again, doing that kind of talent recruitment. I'm going to jump right to, yes, I'm going through my papers. <laughs> I was just wondering if you ever actually reference them. I print things and never look at it again. Now, I only printed out the pages because here's the thing. What I usually do is I go into the report or whatever it is we're drawing from, and I copy snippets and put them in a Word document. That's something I learned early on. But um, something about how they created this document, you're not allowed, you cannot copy. I also tried to copy (laughs) and paste. So brilliant on them. Here's what they talk about. As data becomes more important to customer strategies, as we know it is, they're even saying things like, data-driven experiences or data-designed experiences. Uh, Marketers are gravitating toward hiring people with more analytical skills. Yeah. And when you go deeper into the data, across the board in all what I would say verticals like healthcare or financial and those sort of things, there's basically three kind of top skills across the board in all markets. And they are analytical, creative expertise, and strong collaborative skills. Those are the three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have you me, ever seen that on a, like, how do you evaluate that? One well, thing I was reading was like, how do you evaluate these new type of skills? Something I saw said, um, crafting talent strategies that help employers recognize critical digital and cognitive capabilities, social and emotional skills, adaptability and resilience. Like how, when has there ever been a time when talent teams have had to assess resilience or what you're saying as part of a hiring strategy? Yeah, it's daunting because I actually feel that, yeah, they nailed it because anyone I would choose to work with on a project, and it's probably why Lindsay is, one of those people it's those three things right and it's how it's it's how i have to meet that person and put each of those three things into context if i asked lindsay if i were going to meet lindsay and i was looking for the job that i know that the 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 work that lindsay does is exactly the job i would say so lindsay tell me about your creative expertise and she'd be like well i don't really see myself as a creative person and and, and, then do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. for me creative it's not I don't even want to call it expertise. I mean, that's where it gets murky, but it's about how do you, how do you execute what it is your analysis tells you, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because- I think, I think the sa- same is with analytical skills, right? You mentioned analytical skills. Yeah. If you ask me. some, if you asked me, 
tell me about your creative expertise or tell me about your analytical skills. I'd probably be like, I don't really have either of those two. Like I would say like, no, <laughs> really? And oh, because yet you're they're not an probably analyst. like, well, they're probably like the things that make <clears throat> the two things that make me most successful at my job is like yeah. thinking creatively and creative problem solving and analytical skills. But I remember when I first started in strategy and someone's like, well, we need to look through this data and blah. And I was like, well, where's the, where's the, I'm a fashion student. Okay. I'm like, where's <laughs> the analyst? Do not where's, tell anyone. Where's the analyst around here? And, but and this yeah. was like 15 years ago. Right. And, and they're like, well, we don't have one. I'm like, well, I guess it's me now. And so, <laughs> Dashboard. Turn, you know, there's one in my car. Yeah. yeah. But these well, analytical we, you skills I... that you develop over time become so critical. And that's okay, what so... is, is such a leg up now. Okay. So let's let's kind of circle back on that part of the conversation. When they ask the, the question in, in the report, which skills are contributing to high employee performance? That's a question they're sort of trying to dig into. Got it. Okay. As it re relates to high performance, which is how employees are measured. Right. The three key... Um, attributes, I'll say, or characteristics are the first one is analytical, the second one is uh, creative expertise, and the third one is strong collaborative skills. So I look at that and say, well, number two, creative expertise and strong collaborative skills are absolutely what I would be able to prove in a resume or in an even applying, mm. right? But do you play well with others? Do you? You don't think I do? I'm bossy, but okay. that's just, I'm good at it. It doesn't mean I'm not um, collaborating. I'm just telling them what's up. Yeah. So for Lindsay, if, if the three characteristics, same three, analytical, creative expertise, or strong collaborative skills, these are performance drivers versus, yeah, but what are you, right? So you have to look right. at that as that works. These apply to the medical vertical, healthcare. Interesting. So it's relative to the industry you you're in and what's really interesting about that is different industries define creative and expertise in creativity arguably in different ways right when healthcare has to solve the issues they've been challenged with so that's the whole point they have to bring <laughs> there go the arms that's for anyone who can't see our six I foot just... two octopus just took out his microphone <laughs> with his flailing limbs. Uh, this is where it all comes together. These are huge global challenges. The marketing industry has a lot to learn if the rest of the world, I'll say the rest of the world in sectors are already showing that these are the three key things. What's interesting here is if you look at, say, for example, analytical, you'll love this. It's the consumer sector mm -hmm. where that's low. It's the lowest across all, say, nine sectors. So you need to have more creative, more collaboration than analytical skills in the consumer sector? That's what CMOs, that's how they value these skills. Interesting. So an analytical is lowest valued in the consumer sector. And from consumer sector, it means basically anything, any industry that requires the, the, the buying of goods. Right. So marketing, I think, would fall. Interesting, right? Like really low. And then strong collaborative skills is super high. Yes. And I, I feel that is where if I'm Lindsay or even if I'm me, but I don't do it as much more as Lindsay, I, I'll ask you to comment on this is, is your frustration often where you're almost the outlier and there's this whole system that's going on and you're just right here going, I can help. 
Like I can yeah. help. You've got right. a whole creative team or you have all these people creating, creating all these ideas. I can help. Yeah. I think that, so this, that, that was the, um, the set of CMOs weighing in on that question. Yeah. So analytical yeah. is lowest valued in the industry that you're in. I, I think that would be absolutely true because yeah. when you, when you look at C-suite employees in our industry, um, they'd be most likely to be the furthest behind in progression in my, in my mind. So to say in advertising agencies, creative is still, you, everyone still bows down to creative at every chance that they get. And the awards are around creative and everything's around creative and creative is king and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, and yeah. how dare you challenge an idea or make sure it gets back to the brief based on like the research that you're seeing because creative is what always wins. And so I think they're probably struggling to see that analytical skills are clearly in need because of other things they talked about in this report as well with data-driven experiences and how we're using the things that we see through social media, through analytics tools to inform the path that we take. But they still don't know what to do with that. Like, how do you help take the analysis of what's happening mm -hmm. and connect it to the creative ideas to make the creative ideas better and stronger and resonate more without changing so much the creative idea we were going to put forth in the first place, you know? So it would make yeah. sense to me that they would still prioritize creative expertise over analytical skills because there's a gap in what to do with that knowledge. I Like I'm going to jump right to the, their, their parting note. For the CMO, it's less about organizational redesign and more about a cultural shift. One that reshapes how marketers work toward common goals that unlock compelling creative. Mm -hmm. That's what you just said. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing, the, the marketing industry has a long way to go. And that's not me standing, that's as, me as a, as a contributor, uh, benefiter of, active participant of, Every other, when we talk, when we look at all those other sectors like healthcare and finance and that data drives everything. Because it has to. Because it has to. Yeah. Well, marketing, guess what? It's gonna have to. So it, it, it just feels like you're watching, oh, the rest of the world, the rest of business operates in this world. Like that data is crucial in understanding how you're going to fix these problems. Mm -hmm. Not for marketing. I mean, right. I think, I and it. I think when you say it, it has to, you say data has to drive our decision makings. I think mostly now because it can. Like ten years ago, it couldn't. Yeah, there's you no, had there's no very basic tools to be able to track even just social conversations and things that were happening. And I think there's probably been a lot of. Uh, I'm gonna, so I'm going to say trauma because that's how I feel of it, but probably. Uh, a lot of like PTSD from very beginning of some of these tools where we tried to implement things and maybe the insights, you know, they weren't strong enough to, to shift things properly. And so a lot of C-suite um, employees and leaders of companies would be like, well, that's never worked for us. Well, it, it can and it evolves. And as we've now been like thrown into this completely digital environment in the last two years, there's even more access to information that we can get. And so it does have the power now to be able to shape the ideas we bring forward. Yeah, for me, it was a wake up to say it's kind of what I think I knew, but it's so obvious because I actually got out of our industry and looked at like, 
okay, marketing, what other industries are you going to look to to say, well, how did they overcome this? Um, I did want to read this one excerpt that I, I think really sums up the sort of where marketing was, where it needs to go, and where is it now? And I think that's the sort of like, there's going to have to be a fundamental shift in mindset about mm -hmm. what marketing truly is. Because it's such right. a broad thing. And if people say, oh, you're in marketing. I'm like, yeah, well, there's multiple facets. I'm in the communica marketing communications. That's how I kind of say, now that I'm no longer just creative, it's like, it's mm -hmm. really about marketing communications. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, you don't want to know. And then we start drinking. It's fun. Is that a Facebook uh, they talk message? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So marketing was once pegged as a field for creatives. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the rise in big data and artificial intelligence has changed the demands of the profession. Now, marketers aim to uncover the most nuanced insights about their customers and connect brand messages to those moments in their daily lives. People, this is what Lindsay and I do for a living. Mm -hmm. Fair? Mm -hmm. And we do it really well with each other because we bring both ends of that spectrum. Because mm -hmm. you are absolutely analytical because the way you look at data is totally different. You're yeah. the one who seeks context to better identify a scenario. I'm the one who takes that scenario and turns it into creative that really delivers or solves, helps solve the problem mm -hmm. with the understanding that, but we never want to propose ideas thinking that they're finite. They're always right. evolving. What I believe is the agency model is at the core of this and the way agencies make money and how they're structured and how they're going to be collaborative is going to have to be a lot more different because I came from it. It used to be all linear. You had to, you had to kind of yep. like, okay, so what's the production process? When does this happen? When do we get approvals? When are we going to get creative on it? When are approvals done? When is design done? That won't work anymore. And that, that's where my mind goes, because I yeah. realize I have to change how I've done things for 30 years. And one thing that they say in that uh, report as well is about adapting to the speed of culture. Yeah. That's which scary. I've never heard before that term adapting to the speed of culture. And it's kind of like the cultural shifts that are taking place are happening at such a rapid pace right now. We've always tried to, I think, adapt to culture, but the speed of culture is something that I think people are going to start to, um, to analyze more and how, and data is really one of the only ways that will help us analyze where we're at from a cultural perspective so that we can keep up to the speed of culture and it shifts. Yeah. And it's almost like flipping a sort of funnel that says your, your influencer used to be at the end. Well, it's now an influencer, but basically where you execute and where you started to communicate with consumers was at the bot, you know, at the end of that funnel, when you took all that data and then it, now those people in touch, those people interacting, or even those experiences happening with the consumer are influencers and it's flipping mm. it because they have the data. Mm -hmm. They used to just be given the data, trust it, execute, hope it does well. Mm -hmm. And let's go back to, okay, we'll wait for the data. It's flipped. They're the ones right. who are having what's happening here. And, and they do talk about uh, some, some examples that are happening and it's totally that flip. Influencers are actually the key employee they're looking for and trying to collaborate around that. And wouldn't you or I, that's the first person we'd want to talk to. Right. Well, they're the, they're the person who's most connected to your consumer and they're the person who's having the most in-depth conversation and influence around the purchase of the product and are essentially are your best brand representative more than any other channel or spokesperson or face of your brand that you may have. 
Yeah, and they're probably in a lot of cases are your consumer, right? right. An influencer among your consumers. That's how they got there in the first place. So entire businesses that are agencies and all that stuff, how will that change? And it's very exciting. And that's, I think, to take from this is start thinking it not as an operational per se thing or as a process thing before you even worry about how you're going to redistribute those bodies or get rid of old bodies and bring bring in new ones. And I don't mean that from an age standpoint. I mean that from mm-hmm. a no longer relevant in their role uh, right. because the world has changed. Um, the, the mindset is going to be whatever it is, one of culture. Yeah. And not only communicating with your consumers, but more so even with your employees. Um, Look inside before you go outside. What were they calling it? So it was the great resignation boon. And now it's going to be the great uh, recruitment, great recruitment boom. Because all of it's not that these people don't want to work. It's that they've realized they're unsatisfied, unfulfilled. It's not worth it. The collaboration's not working. They don't have the right skills to be doing now what they're asked of. And so how are we going to be not only changing how we do things internally around employees at the speed of culture and the same way that we do it for consumers. I think it'll be interesting too. What does that mean for the recruitment industry? Because when I started, I feel like sometimes I'm like, wow, things change so quickly in, in our roles in social media and digital and things change so quick. I don't, I'm so curious. We should actually talk to someone in recruitment and in HR and in talent, because it's like, how are they adapting to what's happening here and bringing the right people into these roles to help with the shifts that are taking place? So if and you're shifting around the speed of culture for how you're communicating to consumers and how you're hiring employees, how do you bring in those right people? How are you attracting people? Well, I think that we're starting to see examples of some interesting mindsets based on experiences of companies that are way ahead of the curve. Mm-hmm. But um, recruiting is just another way of, it's just another marketing sort of process, right? Understand your audience, be clear on what you want to do, and then put it out there. Um, I think it's part of it. Yeah, I think you're, let's do it. Recruitment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because one of the I things think- I read about too was that um, it's not even just about like the new normal and going back and blah, blah, blah. And this notion of collaboration and bringing teams together from all over the world and how some of those barriers have been broken down now. Um, they were talking about how do you determine new skills and and recruitment in what is called like a distance economy. So like these things aren't necessarily going to be going. You can't just bring everyone back into an office and think that that's going to be your magical new team. It's like, how do you embrace a distance economy? And how do you figure out the best way to get talent from all over the world that are going to help you change at the speed of culture? Um, And marketing and advertising, I think, are like you said, are going to have a big eye opening experience from all of this. Well, I think one example they gave, which was really interesting of one agency, and they said when it comes to remote and, you know, understanding it's important, but there are times they see great value in physical presence. And you know where Mm -hmm. that was? It was in strategy. Oh, like the actual value of collaboration when people are together? Yes, because they're physically together. You know, those sort of ideas that they talk about is at strategy levels. That's where they think it's most important. Not strategists getting together is having Mm -hmm. that collaborative team you talked about that used to be a brainstorm. And now is a discussion around having the discussion around that intelligence. Whereas typically strategy can be, well, you you and I are examples of, oh, we're just off over here. Pass in Um, the strategy and then we'll get the creatives (laughs) in a brainstorm. I want to play. I like free coffee and cookies too. And Mm -hmm. I think we've been in silos and continue to be just 
because of a very old and antiquated model. And why was that model that way was because that's how it made sense to make money. So now the whole world's going to have to figure out, especially in marketing, how they need to look at other industries that have been really hit hard, like healthcare. And how did, what was their process? Well, they started with data. And that's, therein lies that mindset shift, right? I don't think it's identified yet. But they recognize it and do something about it. And I think a lot of the times we recognize it, we're recognizing it in so many different ways. And now, as we stated at the very beginning of this recording, is that this is probably the year where you'll see more people becoming customer centric, thinking about culture and actually doing something about it. Let's do something about it. Yeah. Because I've been doing a lot of stuff with clients where, you know, looking back on 2021 or 2020, doing reports for them or helping them with presentations to talk about what we learned. And one of the big things in 2020 was we learned about customer centricity, right? Because the world, as they said, in retail, for example, evolved 10 years and six months because of customer behavior. Now, Mm -hmm. then when you go to 2021, and I think now we are more informed. I think what was really interesting was how they talk about marketers are constantly evolving with the world around them. If last year was about responding to an unprecedented shock, I haven't heard that in a while. This year is about recovering and for those best positioned, thriving in this customer centric world. Done. Done. Uh, I feel really good compared to last year. I think there's some really great data out there. I think there's some really interesting thing in the, that we've that never has I'll say, Lindsay, I don't think at all in this, unless from a quote, has the term new normal been mentioned? Sorry, I said that once. (laughs) Delete. (laughs) Delete. Well, thank goodness. I feel like we're actually at the point where people are going to do something about it. We're going to stop thinking that we're going into a new normal. Things are just shifting and evolving. We're going to start paying more attention to culture. We're going to start implementing things that are actually making experiences more customer-centric, consumer-centric, and having that at the heart. Like, let's change. Let's do something about it this year instead of just watching. Yeah. So it's exciting. We done. Scary. I am scared. I'm not scared, scared for me. Oh, I'm not scared for me. You're not scared for me, are you? No, you work for yourself. I think I think people like you and me would say, well, yeah, this is why I went off on my own because I'm able to sell what they want, knowing that my analytical, creative, and collaborative skills are probably my strongest non-evident skills. Right. Yeah. Get peddling those wares. Thank you so much. Awesome chat. First recording in 2022. Let's do this. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. New episodes launch every two weeks. So be sure to subscribe to the Two Marketeers podcast wherever you like to listen. Or go to the twomarketeers.ca and connect with us. That's the twomarketeers.ca. Spell it out. We are everywhere. This podcast is over.